You're listening to VO Stories, Episode 90. Today I'm talking with a powerhouse couple of voiceovers, Joan Baker and Rudy Gaskins. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tina Zaremba, voiceover talent, mentor, and good old-fashioned storyteller. I believe we all have a story to tell. We can all learn from one another. I created this podcast for you, the VO artist who's ready to embrace all that your VO journey has to offer. You'll be inspired, informed, and transformed as you learn from industry experts, VO talents, and my insights from 15 years in the industry, having voiced national commercials to promos and everything in between. Success in voiceovers is more than just a snazzy voice, and this podcast will help show you the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, my friends. How you doing? Well, fall is officially here in New York City, and I love it. It's my all-time favorite season. Well, next to spring. Spring in Manhattan is amazing, and fall is just off the charts. The leaves in the park are just popping with color, and I love it. All right. Today, I'm talking with Joan Baker. She's a legendary voiceover talent in her own right, as well as co-creator of That's VoiceOver, an annual voiceover conference, and the Society of Voice Arts and Science Awards. She and her husband, who's a producer and is just a wonderful, great guy, Rudy Gaskins, they're joining me today. And what I love so much about this couple is they're not only enthusiastic and dedicated to this industry, but you just feel they have a genuine desire to serve the community. And I love that. So without further ado, here's our chat. Joan and Rudy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Tina, we wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, this is so cool because Joan, I, the, when I first got into voiceovers for Christmas, my stepfather gave me your book. So I'm really? a little starstruck here, to be truthful. Wow, that's incredible, yeah. Tina. So yeah, yeah. guess what? Fate brought us together. Amen. I believe in that synchronicity. Yep. I do too. Why don't we start off by telling our listeners where you two are today? Both Rudy and I were at our offices, which is located in the Ed Selvin Theater building. So it's always full of excitement. We're on the same floor as Entertainment Tonight and Stephen Colbert. And we've been here since 2009, our offices. Right now I'm in my office and I'm in my whisper room and Rudy's in his office. No whisper room. Awesome. So Joan, you still started in your career in 91. Is that right? Yeah, I was very impressed that you even got that because that's not necessarily out there a lot. So I, I really was like, you're really great at research, Tina. <laughs> Thank Excellent. you. Did you have a clear vision then that this is what you wanted to pursue or did voiceovers find you? It was a process of elimination and it was really the tap on my shoulder from voiceover, I had no idea it was actually even a career in 1991. I was someone that was, you know, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be theater. And that's really where I came from. Theater, performance art, nightclub. I came from that realm. I studied acting my whole entire life. I used to be on a kid's show where I grew up in San Francisco and that was on television. I didn't even really know that voiceover was a career. But once I moved to New York, Tina, it was hard, hard, hard. Challenge, challenge, challenge. And, And it was one lesson after the next. I mean, I have had enough lessons for five people's lifetimes. (laughs) Right? So by the time I 
kind of got to voiceover, there weren't that many doors open for me, quite frankly. And all I knew is I had to be in show business. And of course, I wanted to make my living from show business. I did not see myself doing anything else. I never dreamt of anything else. So by process of elimination, I kind of fell into voiceovers, not really knowing what it was. I knew that I could do cartoon voices. That I knew. And I worked with a coach maybe four times. Mm -hmm. Amazing coach who now lives in LA. When I worked with her, I worked on commercial copy, didn't know that that would be a ticket into voice acting at the time. But not only did I work with her on voice acting, because I had a knack for cartoon and character voices, my whole demo reel was basically that, just a couple of my regular voice. The demo reel was over two minutes. It was close to three minutes. And because every single spot sounded literally like a different person, when I started to shop it, which I, in my mind, I said, I'm going to start at the top and Mm -hmm. work my way down. Remember, I could not get arrested for the years before. So (laughs) to get attention from Abrams and Don Buckwald and J. Michael Bloom at the time um, was just like, in my mind, outrageous. And they were all seemed to be uh, uh, captured by the fact that I could do all these character voices and it came from one person. So I ended up going with Don Buckwald and Associates. I signed with them on Valentine's Day, 1991. Oh, yes. The day of love. Yeah. Exactly. The day of love and passion. That's right. What's been the biggest change you've seen in the voiceover industry? Because a few things have changed since you. Well, you know, I probably the biggest thing is probably, believe it or not, mindset and technology. When you say mindset, are you talking about your mindset or just the mindset of talent in general you're seeing shift? I'm, I'm talking about the mindset of community and talent, but mm-hmm. my mindset has evolved, but it started already. Remember, I couldn't get arrested before. So by the time I got to voiceover, I was basically fearless. Mm. There was nothing stopping me. I now had roller decks. I had my agent's roller decks. So there was nothing stopping me. I didn't really have any resistances. They had already played themselves out in other areas where I paid my dues. So I've noticed as an observer over the years that people's mindsets have been the biggest change in voiceover. I also think that my experiences, as well as my book, Secrets of Voiceover Success, has kind of paved the way for that as well as other things, absolutely. But I think I'm definitely involved in that mindset change. Um, and, and partnering with my husband, Rudy, who is an absolute genius. I am not saying this because he's my husband. If he wasn't <laughs> my husband, I'd still want to be his business partner. But I'm saying that partnering with Rudy, as that took time to do, because he had his own path, has really created a, a whole different mindset and a whole different open. I think in voice acting. And also I think technology has been a, a huge influence on voice acting and oh, how yeah. that's changed. Huge. Absolutely. The two things I think have changed since I gotten involved. So Rudy, jumping in here, how did this, how did Joan and yourself decide to partner together as in terms of business, because your background is uh, heading up push creative as well as, or in production and then the co-creation yes. of the Sovas. Yeah, my, my, back, my background is production. So I, I went to film school at NYU and came out of there and started working in the film industry and television industry as a producer, director. Of course, I was an apprentice before those titles came along. And uh, 
but I worked with voice actors from that point of view. So I was writing a lot of material for documentaries and advertising and promotions. And of course we had to hire voice actors. I mean, every day I saw three or four voice actors for different projects. Once, uh, and one of those voice actors, it turns out, was Joan Baker. Ah, um, and you were smitten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. And we got married and all that stuff. But in the process of getting to know each other, I would sit in on some of her classes because by then she had started teaching classes. And, uh, and what I noticed was an, as an opportunity was to add the director's point of view because actors teach from an actor's point of view and what they experience from directors, directors teach from the point of view of their vision for mm. work. So mm. they're trying to just get you to hit a particular bullseye and uh, actors teach from a point of view of giving you the dexterity to hit whatever bullseye comes up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said it would be great for the, your students to work with someone who has a vision for where the spot should go so that they get to, to build some musculature around delivering what the director is asking for and getting familiar with what that process feels like. And that's how we came to start working together uh, on, on voice acting. How did the SOVAs, and why don't you tell folks what that is, those that don't know about it, which... The acronym for Society of Voice Arts and Sciences and has been around now going into its sixth year, maybe that's seven. And uh, we created SOBAS as a nonprofit entity to really elevate the perception of the voice acting industry and uh, to include all of the sort of, I shouldn't call them peripheral, peripheral, but the key stakeholders like talent agents and casting directors and producers and advertising accounts uh, to bring that entire group together, elevate the scope and the understanding of what is done in this space uh, to build more awareness and respect for the work and to also create a new vehicle for all of those people to be in touch with each other in ways that uh, needed to go outside of the typical, I'm in a cubicle in an office building and talking to everybody via email. So bringing people together in a venue that's, dedicated and custom-made for that interaction to take place is what Sovas has been creating and continues to evolve. You know, I just had a conversation with Tim Friedlander, who I know you guys know, and he was talking too about the value of the voiceover community. And, you know, it can be so isolating. We're in our booth. So I think that um, I commend you for creating that for the, and having that mission in mind. So that's voiceovers is the weekend of the SOVAs, correct? Yes, yes. SOVAs oversees that's voiceover and the voice arts awards. Those are the two vehicles under Society of Voice Arts and Sciences. And that's voiceovers is for people who may be new to voiceovers as well to come and learn about the craft. It covers the gambit. Okay. Yeah. It is not 101 necessarily, though we do include workshops that will help folks who are just breaking in and have you know a lot of really basic questions to make sure that they get that foundation. But our focus is to keep things on a sort of a high-end level in terms of the mission being to be fully educated and prepared for working and competing at the highest levels. That said, you mentioned that it, it covers the gamut, so it's not just for beginners. How can this, how is the conference also appropriate for someone who's maybe a little more seasoned? 
Well, because we have opportunities to, for work. Mm -hmm. And we also have an event called Speed Dating with Your Demo Reel. And that is vetted. So Speed Dating with Your Demo Reel happens during a break during the day of That's VoiceOver. There's like a three-hour break. There are things that happen in that three-hour break besides lunch. But in that break, we have two vetted seminars. One is Speed Dating with Your Demo Reel, and one is the Talent Spotlight, which this year you would get a paid booking with CBS LA. And actually, it's a union gig. So if you're not in the union, you'd have to join the union. That's for people that are more, you know, more advanced. Maybe they don't have an agent, but they want an agent, or maybe they have an agent, but they want an opportunity to shine. I do know that those two events have changed and rocked people's world, and not just voiceover talent, but the industry side, because it's not every day that they get to meet and talk to vetted talent that they're able to give feedback. Their job description is not feedback. So I would never write a casting director and ask them for feedback on my demo reel because that's really not their job. My job is to present myself as a professional talent to be hired. But this is an opportunity to get the feedback that voice talent craves, but in a professional setting. So the people are actually vetted, their demo reels are vetted, that they're quality. Meaning so, that they're vetted before they get into speed dating. So yes. we have a team and we go through all the demo reels and we make sure that they are agent ready. Anyone who comes in with a demo reel to speed dating is someone who our team feels is at a level where an agent would want to assign them or a producer would want to hire them. So that's people that are more advanced in, in, their, in their journey in voice acting. But now last year... We had four jobs, four auditions that were that were made available, that were public auditions. Uh, and you could audition for them whether you were a ticket holder or not. The context that we create by having actual jobs, union paid jobs as part of our event, really shapes the tone of all of the workshops and presentations that take place. Sure, sure. Our, yeah. our bottom line is people it's all about people getting work, not just the voice actors, but the casting directors get paid when voice actors work and the talent agents get paid right. when voice actors work and the producers get their problems solved when they find the right talent for their jobs. So the idea is to, to maintain that professionality and that everyone goes in with a mindset understanding this is not kids play. Whatever level I may feel I am when I walk in the door, I'm here to improve. Right. And to compete. Absolutely. So how do you find the producers or casting directors or agents that are at the speed mm -hmm. dating? Now you're well, asking now you're asking for my grandma's secret recipe. <laughs> Your secret sauce. Tell me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's much like curating an art show. We are very careful, very meticulous in researching and looking at the backgrounds of different people. And we find someone, we look for any interviews that they've done. We get a sense of what they're like on stage, if that kind of material is available. And we mix and match and try to put together a group of people who are bringing something of tremendous experience and, uh, and generosity in terms of their sharing their information. And we curate these events kind of behind the scenes because a lot of folks will send us information or send us requests. Can I do this topic? Can I do that topic? And 90% of the time, it's someone who has something to sell. You know, they're, they're a coach and, and they want to be speakers and get that, that kind of feedback and acknowledgement and recognition. And that's fine. And I understand that, but it has to be 
coming from a point of view of giving it away and one having the experience where that kind of information just spills off of them. Mm-hmm. And also too, Tina, I'm going to put it this way. We shake a lot of hands and kiss a lot of babies throughout the year. <laughs> I'm sure there's how much prep goes into putting this. It, it, it's actually insane. If I even showed you my to-do list, your mouth would drop, hit the floor and roll under the couch. <laughs> it's a lot for one. I know people think like, oh, it's one weekend, but I'm sure. It takes all year. Yeah. It takes all year. And also at this point, we, Rudy and I work seven days a week. And we get questions, it doesn't, three o'clock in the morning, six in the morning. Somehow I try to be on top of those things. Very few things slip by me, even though once in a while maybe it does, but you kind of have to be on all the time. And whether, whether I'm casting for panels, whether I'm auditioning, whether I have a job, whether I'm coaching, whether I have callbacks, a lot of my day is spent following up, following up with people that are interested. I also have my cold calls too, but it's an intense to-do list. And, you know, I come from the world of dance and in dance, you have to be, you develop or you have to have the instincts of being someone very disciplined, doing what you say you're going to do when you're going to do it. So that's actually my background. So I'm someone that thrives off not just so much to-do list, but I thrive off saying I'm going to do something and then do it. And if I can't do it by hook or crook, then I recommit to when I can do it. And every day I recommit to myself on being unstoppable about my day. And I'm telling you, our day is like a roller coaster, so it's not easy. We do get a lot of no's. We also get a lot of yeses. And also, that's voiceover is, is like a 12-hour day. So there's only so many panels and seminars. So a lot of times I feel bad when people ask and want to be involved but there's because there's only could be so many people. And as it is, there's probably close to 60, 75 people that are in that's voiceover. And I'm including even more. behind the scenes. Yeah, speed dating, speed dating alone is, is 45 agents, casting directors, and producers. And this year we have speed dating Espanol, and that's something new. So it's all Spanish-speaking talent with Spanish-speaking industry people. That's something new. So you could add another, you know, 20 people. No, so yeah. it, it is, and it's a lot to keep up, and I have to do it by list and list. By the way, Tina, I'm more right brain than left brain. But now I've developed a left brain that kind of matches my right brain. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's interesting, Joan, as you were talking about um, doing what you say you're going to do, I was just listening to actually a podcast and the person that I was listening to was saying that the Harvard, this Harvard psychologist did really? a study and looked at um, the value of self-integrity and saying, following through and doing what you say you're going to do, that the productivity and the success that he found people having from just following through and doing what they say, right? especially to themselves, you know, that you can say yes, yes, yes to everybody else, but to yourself where no one else knows. You're right. Difference. So how can folks learn more about the SOVAs and that's voiceovers? Well, we do have a website, as, as usual. You know, you can go to sovas.org. That's, uh, you know, Society of Voice Arts and Sciences. So it's S-O-V-A-S.org. And there's a lot of information there. Uh, but you can also just start Googling. And <laughs> there's so much stuff there from the years that we've been uh, involved. 
that you'll find uh, that there's some very interesting speakers and honorees who've been a part of this, including celebrities. And, Do you know who you're going to honor this year? We have, uh, we're honoring several people. One of them is the great Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Hi. Tigger. He's also Darkwing Duck and the Tasmanian Devil, but his list goes on and on. It's uh, like he, my to-do he, list, Dina. <laughs> yeah. He's a titan. And I've talked to other titans in the industry, and they, they refer to him as the one true genius. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So he's going to be honored with the inaugural Voice Arts Legacy Award. And uh, Katie Sockoff, uh, who is uh, our Vanguard, our Backstage Vanguard Award winner this year, aside from all of her video games and her on-camera. Yeah, she is uh, just an extraordinary entrepreneur and inspiration in terms of um, what she has gone through in her life, including beating cancer, to uh, keep herself relevant and excited and enthusiastic about what she's doing. And she's got a great story to tell that will inspire the audience. We'll have yeah. people leaving, uh, walking out of that voiceover this year, you know, just kind of raring to go and to make things happen. I just wanted to add that people can also follow us on Facebook. They can follow us on That's Voiceover. They can follow us on Sovos, and they can follow us on Voice Arts Awards, as well as on Twitter. And we also have Instagram page for Society of Voice Arts. So those are also other ways because we tweet and post regularly on things that are going to be coming up on that's voiceover things that are going to be happening for the voice arts awards so social media is a great way to to find us as we're about to unleash a number of promos that we shot with our sponsor this year first entertainment credit union and they did an extraordinary job uh shooting and creating along with rudy uh, a promo campaign and also like a short documentary Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, there's one thing I would say to the people out there who are thinking about voice acting and are, who are like just starting to scratch the surface of where do you find a coach? Where do you make a demo reel? How do you get trained? Do you even need training? People are thinking about that. Should I go to this conference or not? I can say without equivocation, the way to learn to swim is to get into the pool. You will not figure this game out by walking around the periphery. You've got to get in the water and take a chance. Don't be cynical about your dream. So Voss is here. That's voiceover is here, November 16th and 17th. Just sign up and get into the pool. You may not swim right away, but you'll have fun frolicking about and get into the pool. And what what I would say to people, and and this is like to individuals, as well as, I guess, the community. But that is that it's not enough to say that you believe in yourself and then what's evidence around you is someone that doesn't, someone that kind of hides. You have to actually challenge yourself. You have to challenge your resistances to do things, to show up, to be um, known, to be seen. Even though we're in voice acting, it makes a difference when you are someone that operates in a limitless way. And that takes something to do. So you have to be someone that challenges yourself not to be uh, isolated and whatever shyness is or whatever um, loneliness, because a lot of people we know have different degrees of loneliness and that keeps people away too. You really have to challenge yourself 
Why? If you really want a breakthrough, you're going to have to challenge yourself because you're going to have to be seen 100%. You have to operate 100% full throttle. And in order to do that, you're going to have to go through some fires, pay your dues. No, that's these are all things. These are all skills that you can develop. They don't have to happen overnight. They don't have to be things that are present in your heart and mind at this very moment. You can practice and develop them and get good at them. Absolutely. I so, so, so love what you said, Joan, about being seen, because I think that it's a miss... Yep. You're doing yourself a disservice by thinking that you can still hide because you're behind the microphone. Actually, now more than no. ever is when you need to be seen. Hence why I started this podcast for myself. Same reason. It's like you have to stretch yourself every single day. You do. You have to challenge yourself. You have to be the one that challenges yourself. Life will already do that, but then we have a way of, of shrinking back. You have to be someone that practices not shrinking back and saying yes to the things that come into your life. Mm. We both said mm at the same time, Rudy. I love that. All right. (laughs) Find me a Coke. Rudy and Jen, thank you so much for (laughs) Right back at (laughs) you. Thank you, Joan and Rudy. We had fun. Guys, if you are in or will be in LA November 16th and 17th, be sure to check out one or both events. Now, did you not love Joan's words that every day she recommits to herself to be unstoppable? I think we all should aim for that. Harness our inner superhero and be unstoppable. I like that. All right. From my inner Wonder Woman to your superhero, until next week, here's to owning our voices 